Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course of Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.45 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 24, Specialness and Separation, with Section 4, The Forgiveness of Specialness, and Section 5, Wait now, I think I have my I have my days mixed up. Section five, specialness and salvation, and section six, the resolution of the dream. There we go. Section five and section six. We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson two hundred and sixty three. My holy vision sees all things as pure. And by way of this morning, I came upon this beautiful poem from John O'Donohue in his lovely little book called To Bless the Space Between Us that goes like this. May this be a morning of innocent beginning when the gift within you slips clear of the sticky web of the personal with its hurt and hauntings and fixed fortress corners. Morning when you become a pure vessel for what wants to ascend from silence. May your imagination know the grace of perfect danger to reach beyond imitation and the wheel of repetition, deep into the call of all, the unfinished and unsolved, until the veil of the unknown yields and something original. Whoops, I think we have an unmuted line. So let me touch this line. Okay. Let me begin that last stanza. Deep into the call of all the unfinished and unsolved until the veil of the unknown yields and something original begins to stir towards your senses and grow stronger in your heart. May this be a morning of innocent beginning. Amen. Oh, thank you for that. Oh, that was good. Thank yeah. you. Uh, well, I'm glad you liked it. Yes, thank you. I love it. Pure vessel. Thank you all so much for the opportunity to find and bring these every day. And so, here's our reading listed. This morning we have Fran, Jessica, Micah, and Jude. And we're joined in listening this morning by Robin Marie. And who else has joined us? It's Harrison. I'm listening. Good morning, Harrison. So glad you're here. Okay, let's find our rhythm then. Beginning in Chapter 24, Section 5, Specialness and Salvation. 
beginning with paragraph 34, specialness is a lack of trust in anyone except yourself. Faith is invested in yourself alone. Everything else becomes your enemy, feared and attacked, deadly and dangerous, hated and worthy only of destruction. Whatever gentleness it offers is but deception, but its hate is real. In danger of destruction it must kill, and you are drawn to it to kill it first, and such is guilt's attraction. Here is death, enthroned as Savior. Crucifixion is now redemption, and salvation can only mean destruction of the world, except yourself. Friend. Section 5, Specialness and Salvation, Paragraph 34. Specialness is a lack of trust in anyone except yourself. Faith is invested in yourself alone. Everything else becomes your enemy, feared and attacked, deadly and dangerous, hated and worthy only of destruction. Whatever gentleness it offers is but deception, but its hate is real in danger of destruction. It must kill, and you are drawn to it to kill it first. And such is guilt's attraction. Here is death enthroned as savior. Crucifixion is now redemption. And salvation can only mean destruction of the world, except yourself. 35. What could the purpose of the body be but specialness? And it is this that makes it frail and helpless in its own defense. It was conceived to make you frail and helpless. The goal of separation is its curse. Yet bodies have no goal. Purpose is of the mind, and minds can change as they desire. What they are and all their attributes they cannot change, but what they hold as purpose can be changed, and body states must shift accordingly. Of itself, the body can do nothing. See it as means to hurt, and it is hurt. See it as means to heal, and it is healed. Thank you, Fran. And Jessica. 35. What could the purpose of the body be but specialness? And it is this that makes it frail and helpless in its own defense. It was conceived to make you frail and helpless. The goal of separation is its curse. Yet bodies have no goal. Purpose is of the mind. And minds can change as they desire. What they are and all their attributes, they cannot change. But what they hold as purpose can be changed. And body states must shift accordingly. Of itself, the body can do nothing. See it as means to hurt, and it is hurt. See it as means to heal, and it is healed. You can but hurt yourself. This has been oft repeated, but is difficult to grasp as yet. To mind's intent on specialness, it is impossible. Yet to those who wish to heal and not attack, it is quite obvious. The purpose of attack is in the mind. 
and its effects are felt but where it is. Nor is mind limited. So must it be that harmful purpose hurts the mind as one. Nothing could make less sense to specialness. Nothing could make more sense to miracles. For miracles are merely change of purpose from hurt to healing. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay, Uh, 36. You can but hurt yourself. Thus, this has been oft repeated, but is difficult to grasp as yet. To minds intent on specialness, it is impossible. Yet to those who wish to heal and not attack, it is quite obvious. The purpose of attack is in the mind, and its effects are felt, but where it is. Nor is mind limited, so must it be that harmful, that harmful purpose hurts the mind as one. Nothing could make less sense to specialness. Nothing could make more sense to miracles. For miracles are merely change of purpose from hurt to healing. 37. This shift in purpose does endanger specialness, but only in the sense that all illusions are threatened by the truth. They will not stand before it. Yet what comfort has there ever been in them that you would keep the gift your father asks from him and give it there instead? I'm not sure I read that right. Yet what comfort has ever been in them that you would keep the gift your father asks from him and gives there instead? Given to him, the universe is yours. Offered to them, no gifts can be returned. What you have given specialness has left you bankrupt and your treasure house barren and empty with an open door, inviting everything that would disturb your peace to enter and destroy. Thank you, Micah. And Jude. My paragraphs are different, Lori, so if I go on to... Long, just um, let me know. Thank you. This shift in purpose does endanger specialness, but only in the sense that all illusions are threatened by the truth. They will not stand before it. Yet what comfort has ever been in them that you would keep the gift your father asks from him and give it there instead? Given to him, the universe is yours. Offered to them, no gifts can be returned. What you have given specialness has left you bankrupt, and your treasure house barren and empty, with an open door inviting everything 
that would disturb your peace to enter and destroy. Earlier I said, consider not the means by which salvation is attained or how to reach it, but do consider and consider well whether it is your wish that you might see your brother sinless. To specialness, the answer must be no. A sinless brother is its enemy, while sin, if it were possible, would be its friend. Your brother's sin would justify itself and give it meaning that the truth denies. All that is real proclaims his sinlessness. All that is false proclaims his sins as real. If he is sinful, then is your reality not real, but just a dream of specialness that lasts an instant crumbling into dust. Thank you, Judy. And, and is there a new reader then for 35 and 36? No, I'm not. I can't see my numbers. 37 and 38. Good morning, Lauren. Well, oh, thank you. And if I had the numbers wrong, I meant 38 and 39. <laughs> so sorry. Um, go ahead, Karen. No, that's okay if you want to. Go ahead. All right. Uh, long ago, we said, consider not the means by which its salvation is attained, nor how to reach it. But do consider, and consider well, whether it is your wish that you might see your brother's sin. To specialness, the answer must be no. A sinless brother is its enemy, while sin, if it were possible, would be its friend. Your brother's sins would justify itself, I think meaning specialness, and give it meaning that the truth denies. All that is real proclaims his sinlessness. All that is false proclaims his sins as real. If he is sinful, then is your reality not real, but just the dream of specialness, which lasts an instant, crumbling into dust. Do not defend this senseless dream in which God is bereft of what he loves and you remain beyond salvation. Only this is certain in the shifting world which has no meaning in reality. When peace is not with you entirely, and when you suffer pain of any kind, you have beheld some sin within your brother and have rejoiced at what you thought was there. Your specialness seems safe because of it. And thus you saved what you appointed to be your Savior and crucified the one whom God has given you instead. So are you bound with him, for you are one. And so is specialness his enemy and yours as well. Thank you, Lemoyne. 
And Karen, if you'd like to do that paragraph and then roll right into the next section, please. 39. Do not defend this senseless dream in which God is bereft of what he loves and you remain beyond salvation. There is no Only this is certain. Or disguise the form. Hello? Only this. Yeah, Only go this ahead, Karen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only this certain in this shifting world, which has no meaning in reality. When peace is not with you entirely, and when you suffer pain of any kind, you have beheld some sin within your brother and rejoiced at what you thought was there. Your specialness seemed safe because of it. And thus you saved what you appointed to be your Savior and crucified the one whom God has given you instead. So are you bound with him, for you are one. And so is specialness his, quote-unquote, enemy, and yours as well. Section 6, The Resolution of the Dream. 40. The Christ in you is very still. He He looks on what he loves, and knows it as himself. And thus does he rejoice at what he sees, because he knows that it is one with him and with his Father. Specialness, too, takes joy in what it sees, although it is not true. Yet what you seek for is a source of joy as you conceive it. What you wish is true for you, nor is it possible that you can wish for something and lack faith that is so. Wishing makes real, as surely as does will create. The power of a wish upholds illusions, as strongly as does love extend itself, except that one deludes, the other heals. Thank you, Karen. And is there another new reader for 40 and 41? Yes, I can read now. It's Robin Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, section 6, The Resolution of the Dream. 40, The Christ in you is very still. He looks on what he loves and as himself. And thus he does, and thus does he rejoice at what he sees, because he knows that it is one with him and with his Father. Specialness, too, takes joy in what it sees, although it is not true. Yet what you seek for is a source of joy as you conceive it. What you wish is true for you, nor is it possible that you can wish for something and lack faith that it is so. Wishing makes real, as surely as does will create. The power of a wish upholds illusions as strongly 
as does love extend itself, except that one deludes, the other heals. 41. There is no dream of specialness, however hidden or disguised the form, however lovely it may seem to be, however much it delicately offers the hope of peace and the escape from pain, in which you suffer not your condemnation. In dreams, effect and cause are interchanged, for here the maker of the dream believes that what he made is happening to him. He does not realize he picked a thread from here, a scrap from there, and wrote a picture out of nothing. For the parts do not belong together, and the whole contributes nothing to the parts to give them meaning. Thank you, Robin Marie. And is there another narrator for 41 and 42? Harrison, I'll read you. Thank you, Harrison. There is no dream of specialness, however hidden or disguised the form, however lovely it may seem to be. However much it delicately offers the hope of peace and the escape from pain in which you suffer not your condemnation. In dreams, a fact and cause are interchanged, for here the maker of the dream believes that what he made is happening to him. He does not realize he picked a thread from here, a scrap from there, and wove a picture out of nothing. For the parts do not belong together, and the whole contributes nothing to the parts to give them meaning. 42. Where could your peace arise but from forgiveness? The Christ in you looks only on the truth and sees no condemnation that could need forgiveness. He is at peace because he sees no sin. Identify with him, and what has he that you have not? He is your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. How gentle are the sights he sees, the sounds he hears. How beautiful his hand that holds his brothers and how lovely, lovingly he walks beside him, showing him what can be seen and heard and where he will see nothing and there is no sound to hear. Thank you, Harrison. And is there another new reader for 42 and 43? 
42 and 43. Okay, back to you, Fran. 42. What could your peace arise but from forgiveness? Wait a minute. Where? Where could your peace arise but from forgiveness? The Christ in you looks only on the truth and sees no condemnation that could need forgiveness. He is at peace because he sees no sin. Identify him, and what has he that you have not? He is your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. How gentle are the sights he sees, the sounds he hears. How beautiful his hand that holds his brothers. And how lovingly he walks beside him, showing him what can be seen and heard and where he will see nothing, and there is no sound to hear. 43. Yet let your specialness direct his way, and you will follow. And both will walk in danger, each intent in the dark forest of the sightless, unlit but by the shifting of tiny gleams that spark an instant from the fireflies of sin and then go out, to lead the other to a nameless precipice and hurl him over it. But what can specialness delight in but to kill? What does it seek for but the sight of death? Where does it lead but to destruction? Yet think not that it looked upon your brother first, nor hated him before it hated you. The sin its eyes behold in him and love to look upon, it saw in you and looks on still with joy. Yet is it joy to look upon decay and madness and believe this crumbling thing with flesh already loosened from the bone and sightless holes for eyes is like yourself. Thank you, Fran. And Jessica. Thank you. 43. Yet, yet let your specialness direct his way and you will follow. And both will walk in danger, each intent in the dark forest of the sightless, unlit but by the shifting tiny gleam that spark an instant from the fireflies of sin and then go out, to lead the other to a nameless precipice and hurl him over it. For what can specialness delight in but to kill? What does it seek for but the sight of death? Where does it lead but to destruction? Yet think not that it looked upon your brother first, nor hated him before it hated you. The sin its its eyes behold in him and love to look upon, it saw in you and looks on still with joy. Yet is it joy to look upon decay and madness and believe this crumbling thing. Hold on, I'm going to start over. (laughs) Yet is it joy to look upon decay and madness and believe this crumbling thing, this flesh already loosened from the bone and sightless holes for eyes, is like yourself? 44. Rejoice you have no eyes with which to see, no ears to listen, and no hands to hold nor feet to guide. Be glad 
that only Christ can lend you his while you have need of them. They are illusions too, as much as yours. And yet, because they serve a different purpose, the strength their purpose holds is given them. And what they see and hear and hold and lead is given light that you may lead as you were led. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay, uh, 44. Rejoice, you have no eyes with which to see, no ears to listen, and no hands to hold or feet to guide. Be glad that only Christ can lend you his while you have need of them. They are illusions too, as much as yours. And yet, because they serve a different purpose, the strength their purpose holds is given them. And what they see and hear and hold and lead is given light, that you may lead as you were led. 45. The Christ in you is very still. He knows where you are going, and he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way. His love for God replaces all the fear you thought you saw within yourself. His holiness shows you himself in him whose hand you hold and whom you lead to him. And what you see is like yourself. For what but Christ is there to see and hear and love and follow home? He looked upon you first, but recognized that you were not complete. And so he sought for your completion in each living thing that he beholds and loves, and seeks it still that each might offer you the love of God. Thank you, Micah. And Judy. The Christ in you is very still. He knows where you are going, and he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way. His love for God replaces all the fear you thought you saw within yourself. His holiness shows you himself in him whose hand you hold and whom you lead to him. And what you see is like yourself. For what but Christ is there to see and hear and love and follow home? He looked upon you first but recognized that you were not complete. And so he sought for you, for your completion. In each living thing that he beholds and loves, and seeks it still that each might offer you the love of God. Yet he, yet is he quiet, for he knows that love is in you now and safely held in you by that same hand that holds your brother's 
in your own. Christ's hand holds all his brothers in himself. He gives them vision for their sightless eyes and sings to them of heaven that their ears may hear no more the sound of battle and of death. He reaches through them, holding out his hand that everyone may bless all living things and see their holiness. And he rejoices that these sights are yours to look upon with him and share his joy. His perfect lack of specialness he offers you that you may save all living things from death, receiving from each one the gift of life that your forgiveness offers to yourself. The sight of Christ is all there is to see. The song of Christ is all there is to hear. The hand of Christ is all there is to hold. There is no journey but to walk with him. Thank you, Judy. <clears throat> and Lloyd. Yet is he quiet, for he knows that love is in you now, and safely held in you by that same hand that holds your brothers in your own. Christ's hand holds all his brothers in himself. He gives them vision for their sightless eyes and sings to them of heaven that their ears may hear no more the sound of battle and of death. He reaches through them, holding out his hand, that everyone may bless all living things and see their holiness. And he rejoices that these sights are yours to look upon with him and share his joy. His perfect lack of specialness his perfect lack of specialness he offers you that you may save all living things from death, receiving from each one the gift of life that your forgiveness offers to yourself. The sight of Christ is all there is to see. The song of Christ is all there is to hear. The hand of Christ is all there is to hold. There is no journey but to walk with him. You who would be content with specialness and seek salvation in a war with love, consider this. The holy Lord of heaven has himself come down to you to offer you your own completion. What is his is yours because in your completion is his own. He who willed not to be without his son would never will that you be brotherless. And would he give a brother unto you except he be as perfect as yourself and just as like to him in holiness as you must be? 
Thank you, Lemoyne. And Karen. 47. You who would be content with specialness and seek salvation in a war with love, consider this. The Holy Lord of Heaven has himself come down to you to offer you your own completion. What is his is yours because in your completion is his own. He who willed not to be without his son could never will that you be brotherless. And would he give a brother unto you except he be as perfect as yourself and just as like to him in holiness as you must be? 48. There must be doubt before there can be conflict. And every doubt must be about yourself. Christ has no doubt, and from his certainty, his quiet comes. He will exchange his certainty for all your doubts if you agree that he is one with you and that this oneness is endless, timeless, and within your grasp because your hands are his. He is within you, yet he walks beside you and before, leading the way that he must go to find himself complete. His quietness becomes your certainty. And where is doubt when certainty has come? Thank you, Karen. Um, and Robin Marie. There must be doubt before there can be conflict. And every doubt must be about yourself. Christ has no doubt, and from his certainty, his quiet comes. He will exchange his certainty for all your doubts if you agree that he is one with you and that this oneness is endless, timeless, and within your grasp because your hands are his. He is within you, yet he walks beside you and before, leading the way that he must go to find himself complete. His quietness becomes when certainty has come. Oh, and where is doubt when certainty has come? Thank you, Robert Marie. Um, well, I'll offer this in summary then from Section 5, Specialness and Salvation. Specialness is a lack of trust in anyone except yourself. Faith is invested in yourself alone. And from para Paragraph 36, you can but hurt yourself. This has been often repeated, but is difficult to grasp as yet. Nothing could make less sense to specialness. Whoop, let me go back. Mind, 
Mind is not limited, so must it be that harmful purpose hurts the mind as one. Nothing could make more sense to miracles, for miracles are merely change of purpose from hurt to healing. From 37, the shift in purpose doesn't danger specialness, but only in the sense that all illusions are quote-unquote threatened by the truth. They will not stand before it. In 38, long ago we said, consider not the means by which salvation is attained nor how to reach it, but do consider and consider well whether it is your wish that you might see your brother sinless. To specialness, the answer must be no. Your brother's sins would justify itself and give it meaning that the truth denies. All that is real proclaims his sinlessness. All that is false proclaims his sins are real. 39. Do not defend this senseless dream in which God is bereft of what he loves and you remained beyond salvation. When peace is not with you entirely and when you suffer pain of any kind, you have beheld some sin within your brother and have rejoiced at what you thought was there. And in section 6, the resolution of the dream. The Christ in you is very still. He looks on what he loves and knows it as himself. And thus does he rejoice at what he sees because he knows that it is one with him and with his Father. 41. There is no dream of specialness in which you suffer not your condemnation. 42. Where could your peace arise but from forgiveness? The Christ in you looks only on the truth and sees no condemnation that could need forgiveness. He is at peace because he sees no sin. Identify with him, and what has he that you have not? Paragraph 44. Rejoice, you have no eyes. Be glad that only Christ can lend you his while you have need of them. They are illusions still. And yet, because they serve a different purpose, the strength their purpose holds is given them. And what they see and hear and hold and lead is given light that you may lead as you are led. The Christ in you is very still. He looked upon you first, but recognized you were not complete. And so he sought for your completion in each living thing that he beholds and loves and seeks it still that each might offer you the love of God. 46, yet is he quiet, for he knows that love is in you now. Christ's hand holds all his brothers in himself. He gives them vision. He reaches through them, holding out his hand that everyone may bless all living things and see their holiness. He rejoices that these sights are yours to look upon with him and share his joy. The sight of Christ is the gift of life. Whoops. His perfect lack of specialness, he offers you that you may save all living things from death, receiving from each one the gift of life that your forgiveness offers to your capital self. The gift of sight of Christ is all there is to see 
The song of Christ is all there is to hear. The hand of Christ is all there is to hold. There is no journey but to walk with him. In 47, you who would be content with specialness and seek salvation in a war against with or with love, consider this. The Holy Lord of Heaven has himself come down to you to offer you your own completion. What is his is yours because in your completion is his own. 48, there must be doubt before there can be conflict and every doubt must be about yourself. Christ has no doubt and from his certainty his quiet comes. He will exchange his certainty for all your doubt if you agree that he is one with you and that his oneness is endless, timeless, and within your grasp because your hands are his. He is within you if he walks beside you and before leading the way that he must go to find himself complete. His quietness becomes your certainty. And where is doubt when certainty has come? Amen. And that was a little long, but it's difficult to leave anything out. So thank you for that opportunity. Thank and thank you, friend. Thank you, Fran. Thank for you, Lord. Sweet. Thank <laughs> you. Perfect. Thank you, Laurie. I got it. Uh, <laughs> thank you, dear. Thank Take you. it away. <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we have a new theme. What is the body? And the lesson for today, lesson 263, is my holy vision sees all things as pure. So I shall read some from what is the body. Mm, The body is a fence. The Son of God imagines he has built to separate parts of his self from other parts. It is within this fence he thinks he lives to die as it decays and crumbles. For within this fence he thinks that he is safe from love the body will not stay. Yet this he sees as double, quote, safety. For the Son of God in permanence is, quote, proof. His fences work and do the task his mind assigns to them. The body is a dream. Like other dreams, it sometimes seems to picture happiness, but can quite suddenly revert to fear, where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth. And truth can never fear. Made to be fearful must the body serve the purpose given it. But we can change the purpose, which the body will obey by changing what we think that it is for. The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity. Though it was made to fence him into hell without escape, yet has the goal of heaven been exchanged for the pursuit of hell. You will identify with what you think will make you safe. Whatever it may be, you will believe that it is one with you. Your safety lies in truth and not in lies. Love is your safety. Fear does not exist. Identify with love and you are safe. 
Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find yourself. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 263. My holy vision sees all things as pure. Father, your mind created all that is. Your spirit entered into it. Your love gave life to it. And when I look upon what you created as if it could be made sinful, I would not perceive such dark and fearful images. A madman's dream is hardly fit to be my choice instead of all the loveliness with which you bless creation. All its purity, its joy, and its eternal quiet home in you. And while we still remain outside the gate of heaven, let us look on all we see through holy vision in the eyes of Christ. Let all appearances seem pure to us, that we may pass them by in innocence and walk together to our Father's house as brothers and the holy sons of God. And we'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 263. My holy vision sees all things as pure. And while we still remain outside the gate of heaven, let us look on all we see through holy vision in the eyes of Christ. Lesson 263, my holy vision sees all things as pure. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. That was beautiful. Thank you. Great Thank job, you Fran. Thank you.
Hi, this is Ida. Good morning. Well, um, this is a wonderful section. Um, of course, too wonderful and helpful as well. That goes without saying. But the um, the paragraph, I think it's 45, that begins with the Christ in you and is very the Christ in you is very still. The first sentence is a much quoted paragraph from the course. It's quoted in different um, articles. It's quoted in like bookmarks and in, in little boxes of different uh, quotes from the course and things like that. You know, you can pick up one random one a day, things like that. And um, I, I really like that quote. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read that paragraph. <clears throat> The Christ in you is very still. He knows where you are going, and he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way. His love for God replaces all the fear you thought you saw within yourself. His holiness shows you himself in him whose hand you hold and whom you lead to him. And what you see is like yourself. For what but Christ is there to see and hear, and love, and follow home. He looked upon you first, but recognized that you were not complete, and so he sought for your completion in each living thing that he beholds and loves, and seeks it still that each might offer you the love of God. Um, so I'm going to quote that in the course that I'm creating in one of the uh, modules of the um, 12 modules of my course. Um, if thought you'd like to hear that, thanks for listening. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Yeah, thank, thank you, Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. You know, um, I just am so moved by this reading today and you know, the the one question um, that keeps flashing before me is consider and consider well whether you are willing to see your brother sinless. And, you know, the strength of the text um, for me this morning is what what Ida just reread. I mean, and, and, and the, the full import of 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 um, letting Christ within me look at me and see me as myself because then I I couldn't possibly see my brother as sinful so it's like the question before the question that he presents and the certainty that comes from it the peace and the joy and the gentleness that come from it. That's all. That's enough for me. Thank you all for being here. Love the way you do the lesson, Fran. Really good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank-, Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
Okay, you ready? Yeah, thank you, Judy, and thank you, Fran, for uh, <laughs> for the way you you uh, you read the the central thought with the lesson of the day. And yeah, it's just a it's just an amazing match there between the reading and the lesson today. Um, and I want to go to the other point where he says, the Christ in you is very still. He looks on what he loves and knows it as himself. And thus does he rejoice at what he sees because he knows that it is one with him and with his Father. My holy vision sees all things as pure. It's just such a such a great match. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was Thank great you, how you brought, yeah, how you brought that out, Lemoyne. It it enlightened me. Thank you. This is, um, you know, it's Jude again. I have been working with um, body pain as um, a source of illumination, questioning and inquiring how it is um, that I'm hurting myself, um, that if I'm in pain, I'm condemning myself in some way and not really knowing one way or the other, and really asking and, and bringing that question to um, that stillness in me, that my conditioned mind has, thinking mind has all the answers. You know, even all the spiritual answers that I've learned and through practicing and reading and praying and meditating, and it's like, no, I don't know. I'm going to bring this to you. Christ in me, and I want the, the, the divine heart of wisdom to answer me and let me know what it is I need to know, what it is I need to learn, and um, how to listen 
in, in stillness and quietness in order to hear what the answer is. Is the revelation of, of coming to know and understand who and what it is that I am. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Oh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, purpose. I think I want to talk about purpose. These last few days, um, talking about specialness, um, I remarked a couple days ago, have been an invitation to look uh, with real honesty at what I think I want. And um, looking with honesty at all the things he says about specialness as compared to truth, um, it becomes pretty clear that while sometimes I might choose that, it is not what I want. Um, There's no illusion of specialness that can give meaning to my life. And isn't that what we're all about, trying to find um, the meaning in this creation? When it's cast, uh, creation is cast as ego likes to see it, I discover it has no true foundation, no place my mind can rest. And that's why I just so love his essay on what is the body, because it offers the exit from the ego thought system so clean and clear it can't be overlooked. I was thinking about this morning a quote about mind is very very powerful and the problem um, of meaning as the ego sees it is that it has made a world um, where separation rules and love cannot be found but fear is everywhere and in the fight against fear specialness seems to be an option but in this section he says you can but hurt yourself by making that choice purpose offers me the clean and clear escape because mind is very powerful and the mind we share is the mind of the one mind you know that's how powerful mind is And when I agree to change the purpose or what I want, let me put it really simple, if I change what I want, 
all the world must change accordingly. I've often quoted that the wish to see calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. That's how a powerful mind is. And when I agree with universal purpose, remember, I think it was in chapter 21, when I agree with universal purpose, all the means for its achievement are given me. Later on in this work, he says, you always choose, always, always choose between your weakness and the strength of Christ in you. In many places, he goes further and he declares that we have a natural responsiveness to everything. Natural, a natural responsiveness in our heart uh, to everything when the mind is clear on purpose. And when I um, allow my mind to be free of the terrible, terrible, terrible burden of judgment, I start to recognize what I've chosen and what is offered. And there can be, um, <laughs> there is no overlap whatsoever in the thought system of the ego and in the thought system of truth. When I, I often, wait now, I have to say it like this. Nothing in God's creation depends upon my choice. Nothing. God's creation is, and that's a fact. Also, the atonement is not a fantasy or a myth. It is a fact. It's just simply the truth. Nothing about that depends on my choice. I can only choose between illusion and truth. And when I accept the universal purpose, when I say, I will what God wills for me, I've changed the most powerful device that was ever created. I've accepted the universal purpose of unity in which specialness becomes the illusion it always was. You know, we read about this in separation and specialness, specialness and separation, and the ego mind starts to turn and, and get all upset and, and, you know, judgment seems to be cast everywhere. And, and the ego mind wants to fight that and say, no, that's not true. That's, and of course it's not true. But the truth of unity of love is there without conflict whatsoever all i need do is say i want the truth not illusion i was looking for the specific quote um and maybe somebody can help me but there is a specific quote that says if i call upon the ego for nothing it it disappears all i need do is not call upon it for anything Nothing that it offers me is anything I want. He says that perception is projection. 
Perception is projection. You see what you believe it's there, and you believe it's there because you want it there. If innocence is what I want, all I'm doing is accepting the truth. I need not fight against illusion because the choice for truth is also the not choice for illusion. It's that simple. Mind can't, mind cannot entertain two opposite ideas at the same time. It's just impossible. All my suffering is a consequence of trying to do that. And all my peace is letting truth be true. If I accept the universal purpose, if I step away from that ego impulse for specialness and judgment and side with truth, the means for truth, the faith, the vision, and the belief are all given me. So what's mine to do? I've talked before about the love boat and, and the um, so-called image of my body resting at the mast where Christ is both the rudder and the wind and the sail. And for the longest time, I, I, I knew, you know, this image of myself resting against the mask has nothing to do Ego is a doing machine, but he's saying in this section, accept the universal purpose and Christ will lend you everything you need. He's your hand, he's your eyes, he's your, your voice, he's the song, he's everything. Because that's what God created, his son, his one true creation that is everything holy. And nothing is unholy. He says, there is no journey but to walk with him. So what am I to do? <clears throat> In universal purpose, all I need to do is raise that umbrella. And everything underneath holiness is holy. That's all I need to do. Christ does everything else. How? Because love does everything else. I asked one time, Father, how do you move in this world? And the answer was through the sacred heart. Why or how is that? Because it's perfectly natural. It's simply the truth. And all of that is given. All of it is given for the simple decision not to call upon the ego for anything. And when I don't call upon it, there is no argument. There is no conflict. There is no difficulty. There is just truth. And I start to realize in my life there is no journey but to walk with him. Suddenly, all the confusion that I had about inside and outside and form and content and some destination that seems distant are all dissolved. Because only the truth is true. Only the thought system of truth is true. Only love is true. And all that is already true. But for my decision to call upon the ego for nothing, I'm complete. Thank you, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.
Boy, that was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Fabulous, Lori. Thank you. Going deeper. Thank you, Lori. Yeah. And you know, it I just came to my Sorry. That's okay. I love the part about not calling on the ego for anything. I'm going to use that today. I'm going to apply that one. Thank you. That's great, Fran. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Fran. I want to apply that too. And Lori, when you said, you know, Christ is my hands, Christ is my feet, Christ is my eyes, it came to me, I believe, and that is true, that that is not only true inwardly, spiritually, I believe that's true literally, physically. If even if we can't use our own our own body without Christ, you know, we can use our body without Christ. We can heal and use it Christ's hands and Christ's eyes and, and, and all that. Um I'm not saying I've done that, but I believe it's possible. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Well, this is Micah. I um, I would love to hear how um, people are accessing the Christ or looking upon the phenomena of Christ. I, it just it just seemed like such an intriguing uh, reality. This Christ, this Christ consciousness, Christ mind. Um, at first, I was like looking towards the spacious, you know, looking out of beyond, out of identification into form, or looking at form, and I was looking more at the energetic, and, and um, what I call the river is, it, it, uh, and there in that changeless dwelling place beyond form, uh, you know, looking for Christ there. But in our reading. It, it's so intertwined with, you know, Christ looking, he sees it in everything. Let's see, we're, we're, let's see if I can find the highlights of where Jesus says it so beautifully. Um, let all appearances, well, well let, first of all, let us look on all we see through holy vision. Let us look on all we see so, so it's in space-time, and it's through these bodies and th- these eyes, you know, it's through the holy vision and the eyes of Christ 
Let all appearances seem pure to us that we may pass them by in innocence and walk together to our Father's house as brothers and the holy sons of God. And in that, in that sentence there, he combines the formless and form so beautifully because cause and effect are one. And uh, let's see, where, where else was it here? And, uh, the Christ in you looks only on the truth and sees no condemnation that could need forgiveness. And um, it was a little further on. Uh, okay, I'm not quite picking that up, but it's it's there. People have already read it a few times. And uh, let's see. And so he sought for your completion in each living thing that he beholds and loves. You know, in in each living thing that he beholds and loves. So it's this total integration into uh, this love that permeates time and space. And it, um, as I was looking at, well, what is the Christ? I came across this passage from the Way of Mastery and it says, uh, you are merely the quiet and that presence that observes all of creation flowing through a field of awareness that is the mind of Christ. And that there it moves into that spacious self and the mind. Um, and there was one other one from the Force of Love that came to mind. Of um, I don't know if it was this one. Be what you have been called to be Open your dwelling place to your true self, your true identity. Imagine this opening and this replacement occurring with every fiber of your being. Imagine the separate self being enfolded, embraced, and finally consumed, taken into the self of union. The body of Christ becomes real. Through this indwelling of Christ in form. So we're like bringing these two worlds together in a beautiful way. Um, but I'd love to hear what, how people are feeling the Christ, um, moving into the Christ. I'm, I'm done. Thanks. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. I just have to say I've got this real um, sense of what this text reading is is illuminating in me today. That um, what could the purpose of the body be but specialness? Because I'm looking at my pain, my physical pain in my body, and my long life lifelong image of myself held as something that was special because of my um, accomplishment as a skier, a swimmer, a sailor, a love maker, that my identification in my body is so strong and so deeply held within me that 
I, I um, I've heard from Adna Shanti, uh, Adya Shanti, a number of times that he went through periods of deep sickness where he relinquished his identification with his body, which he identified strongly with being an athlete, a competitive athlete. And, um, and this line that says, and this body, the purpose of the body be but specialness, and is, it is this that makes it frail and helpless in its own defense and makes me frail and helpless. And I left my therapist's office crying yesterday because I felt so weak and frail and helpless because of my pain and limited. And, and um, this goal of separation is cursed. But the... the um, what Lori said about purpose, because when um, Micah and I both read that paragraph that said illusions um, will not stand before a true purpose, and, and um, it's, it, it asks, what comfort has ever been in them? The purpose of identifying with my body, that I would keep that gift of my specialness for my father which um, the gift of my purpose that my father asks of me to give to him that the universe be mine. And um, so this is a clear cut, um, like Lori so beautifully expressed, that um, the consideration that I, of the question that I ask myself, can I see myself as pure light? Can I see myself as pure innocence? Can I see myself as holy, pure, and sacred, and beloved, unconditionally loved? Because my conditioned mind wants to say, I am weak, and I am frail, and I am no good like this. I'm useless, and I have no purpose in this weak and frail and limited body. But that's not who I am, and the truth of who I am is limitless and free and joyous. And, and all of a sudden, the wheel turns, and I can see the world and my purpose in it in a new, incredibly lightness-of-being way where I have unlimited possibilities in new ways that I haven't even seen the potential yet. So my freedom, my freedom from coming, that comes from my looking inward now and seeing myself as Christ would see me, unconditionally loved, without the conditioning of the judgments of all that my mind has taught myself to look at myself in a way that limits my purpose and limits limits my idea of myself and hurts me that this pain is something that I've been holding on to with a vice-like grip that you guys can't even begin to imagine, that my therapist in trying to move my body, my body's got so much pain that I'm holding on to. And it's like I'm right, <laughs> I'm at this breaking point where I'm going to break wide open into the sacred heart of the loving Christ. 
and see myself in truth as I really am. So that's just where I'm at today. And um, I'm just feeling this, this limitless sense of surrender and relaxing into and letting go into the perfect love of Christ that is within me so that he can make perfect to me what is perfect in me. Thank you for letting me share and being a holy place to share in and among and with us, for us all. And I hope that my experience can help someone else. Thank you. I'm complete. Amen to that, Judy. It's holy work you're doing, my friend. Just beautiful. Thank you. We have a few minutes left, so please feel free to share anyone who hasn't had that opportunity. Well, Mike, to your question about how is this accessed, how, how is this Christ consciousness accessed? Um, uh, for me, it's um, well, it's like this: you always choose between your weakness and the strength of Christ in you. Always, always, that's the choice. And when I see that choice clearly, um, it's like um, it's like in I think it's lesson one hundred and fifty nine. Yeah, I think it's one fifty nine. This is the way salvation works. As you step back, the Christ in you steps forward. As you step back, the Christ in you steps forward, and um, it's simply a matter of allowing um, love to lead. <clears throat> when the pandemic started, <clears throat> so I've got a frog in my throat. Um, things were such that um, that I found myself going into this one place every day. 
And I, I used to um, think, well, you know, if I'm going to go out, I better comb my hair and change my clothes and all this whole ritual. And um, when the pandemic started, that started seeming really silly to me, um, <laughs> all of that. And it's like I heard this voice in my head say, but listen, whatever you may think about what your body's doing, you are just the love walking in and the love walking out. And the freedom that I felt was so incredible with that realization. Um, the freedom not to be aware of the body. And um, and so, I mean, I still comb my hair. <clears throat> I probably still change my clothes. But when I realized I'm just the love walking in and the love walking out, it's like everything just leaned to me. Like, just like he says in this work, everything leans to you to bless you. Um, because I felt like, I felt like I'm the open door to my house I'm the open door to my house wherever I go. I'm the open door to my house. And um, and that allowed love to do what love does. Not by any um, effort. Not by any effort at all on my part. Just the walking in and the walking out, wherever it may be. And I started um, feeling really smiley. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow just feeling that smile coming from my heart uh, changed everything I saw and everything I felt. And I realized <laughs> the silliness of of thinking body does anything. You know, we, we are images to ourself and ourself alone. Uh, you look in the mirror, and the only reason you see a reflection is because the back of the glass is painted black. But what if, what if the back of the glass isn't painted black? Okay, what do I see when I realize this glass is just a prism to catch the light with? Um, and then the light casts its blessing everywhere. There need be no black on the back side of the glass to show me the reflection of holiness. It's there. It's always there. Um, my problem is in not realizing what I am. Um, and I don't mean I am as in a person. Um, I mean allowing the light to shine through, you know. I wanted to talk about how that lesson, remember that lesson early on, miracles are seen in light, and light and strength are one. And how many years I read that lesson thinking, this is a real puzzle. This is a real puzzler, you know. <laughs> miracles are seen in light, light and strength are one. And it's written like a puzzle. Um, until the false identity is out of that picture. It's the false identity that caused me all my trouble in my life. True identity is uh, simply the truth. And it's there uh, only for me to allow it to express itself. 
and um, that's what this section means to me today and that's why I'm so grateful for it and I'm complete thank you oh gosh thank you Lori I went on too long but um, here's where I was directed to close the call today <laughs> it's all the way uh, all the way at choose once again in chapter 31 it says you are as God created you and so is every living thing you look upon regardless of the images you see what you behold as sickness and as pain as weakness and as suffering and loss is but temptation to perceive yourself defenseless and in hell yield not to this and you will see all pain in every form whatever <clears throat> whenever it occurs but disappear as mist before the sun a miracle has come to heal God's son and close the door upon his dreams of weakness opening the way to his salvation and release choose once again what you would have him be remembering that every choice you make establishes your own identity as you will see it and believe it is that's in chapter 31 paragraph 92 and I won't quote 93 but that's an invitation for today thank you everyone and um, thank you for joining us in holiness to share in the one mind we grace each other and I'm so grateful yeah perfect <laughs> <laughs>